0: It's Monday, February the 10th, and this is your Morning Briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a triple tie in Ireland and a massacre in Thailand. First, the World in Brief. Votes being counted in Ireland indicate a three-way tie between Fina Gael and Fianna Foyle, which have traditionally alternated in government, and a surging Sinn Féin. Voters long abjured Sinn Féin, the political wing of the IRA, but this time its left-wing pitch helped it take on the duopoly. Both Fina Gael and Fianna Foyle had previously said they would not enter a coalition with Sinn Féin. A clearer result should emerge today. A Thai soldier went on a shooting spree killing 29 people before eventually being shot dead by police. He first killed his commanding officer and stole weapons, then took his attack into the streets before ending in a shopping centre in the northeastern city of Nakhon Ratchasima. The motive, said Thailand's Prime Minister, was thought to be a grudge over a land deal. More than 900 people have died with the Wuhan coronavirus, including an American national who was in Hubei province. The death toll surpassed that incurred by SARS, another coronavirus which ravaged China in 2003. There are now more than 40,000 confirmed cases. The WHO sent a team of experts to coordinate a response. Swiss voters backed a referendum banning discrimination against gay, bisexual and transgender people. The Conservative Republic had lagged behind continental counterparts in lacking specific protections for LGBT people. Opponents called it a statist measure that would stifle freedom of conscience. Azerbaijan held elections on Sunday, a not entirely free contest that largely pitted members of the ruling bloc against one another. Ilham Aliyev, the president, has been in power for 17 years, having taken over from his father. Exit polls showed his party strengthening its majority. The election was seen as an effort to replace Soviet-era figures with younger equivalents. According to Reuters, Exor, the investment vehicle of Italy's Agnelli family, is in talks to sell Partner Ray, a reinsurer, to Covia, a French insurer, for around $9 billion. Exor's portfolio includes Fiat and Ferrari, and the largest single shareholding in The Economist's parent company. Exor bought Partner Ray in a hostile takeover in 2016 for $6.9 billion. And Parasite became the first foreign film, i.e. not filmed in English, more or less, to win the Best Picture Prize in the 92-year History of the Academy Awards, a dark comedy from South Korea about haves and have-nots. Told through the intertwined rise and fall of two families, it won three other Oscars, including one reserved for Best International Film. And now, here's today's Agenda... THE WUHAN VIRUS – UNTANGLING THE UNKNOWNS As the world braces for the spread of the Wuhan coronavirus, the World Health Organization this week is convening some 400 experts to set research priorities. They will mull plans and protocols for sharing biological samples, genetic sequences of the virus and data on infected people and their contacts. The WHO urgently needs such data to assess how deadly and how contagious the new virus is. Current estimates are unreliable. Scientists will also use the data to develop tests, treatments and vaccines for the disease. These would require special, expedited clinical trials conducted in the midst of the outbreak. That is a tricky new territory, one the world has navigated only in the recent Ebola outbreaks. Several vaccines against the Wuhan virus are in development. Some could be in small clinical trials by summer to assess their safety. Promising antiviral drugs are also lined up for trials. If the virus sticks around, scientists are determined to take it on. CLEAN HANDS, ECUADOR During his decade ruling Ecuador, the longest unbroken run of any Ecuadorian president, Rafael Correa liked to cite the old KGB motto of Lucid minds, burning hearts, clean hands. The part regarding clean hands will be tested in court starting on February 10th. The prosecution alleges that he and his aides padded the campaign coffers of his political party with bribes paid to obtain government contracts. Having left Ecuador in 2017 for Belgium from where his wife hails, the court will judge him in absentia. He dismisses the evidence, which includes emails, computer archives, handwritten notes and witness testimony as fabrication intended to keep him off next year's ballots. Indeed, if the judiciary fails to settle the matter in time, he could still register to run for office, though not for president. Even running for vice-president or for parliament would grant him immunity from close to 30 unrelated criminal investigations. Fire in Erfurt, Germany's far right On February 5th, a fire was ignited in the small German state of Thuringia. Amid extraordinary parliamentary manoeuvring, Thomas Kemmerich of the Liberal Free Democratic Party, FDP, was unexpectedly elected state premier with votes from the far-right Alternative for Germany, AFD. No state leader had previously taken office with AFD support. The flames spread quickly. Chancellor Angela Merkel's Christian Democrats, CDU, had voted with the AFD in Thuringia and their scandalised National Coalition partners, the Social Democrats, SPD, threatened to quit the federal government in Berlin. To extinguish the fire, Mr Kemmerich resigned on February 8th, but the embers are still smouldering. The CDU and SPD have called for new state elections, but the Thuringian branch of the CDU is resisting, fearing a wipeout. Nor is it clear how the current, gridlocked state parliament can find an alternative Premier. Thuringia may yet flare up anew. (laughs) LGB-free, gay marriage in Northern Ireland Change comes slowly to Northern Ireland. Gay sex was still illegal there in the early 1980s, 14 years after England and Wales decriminalised it. Abortion was legalised only last year. The first same-sex marriages this week will mark another milestone. Typically, Northern Ireland is late to the wedding party. After the Netherlands pioneered same-sex marriage in 2001, it swept across Western Europe, including the Southern Republic of Ireland, leaving just a few holdouts. As with abortion, this liberalisation was forced on the province by politicians in Westminster last year when its Stormont Assembly was suspended owing to wrangling between nationalist and unionist parties. There will be no confetti from the Democratic Unionist Party. Under the late firebrand preacher Ian Paisley, it once campaigned to save Ulster from sodomy. But couples will ignore such party poopers. From Antrim to the Oda, the bride may now kiss the bride. Next rider up, Ola launches in London. Uber was already on its heels after London's Transport Authority declined to renew the firm's private hire licence last November. Its operations in London dangle by a thread while its appeal against the decision pends before courts. It now faces a new challenger as Ola, a rival ride-sharing firm, launches in London today. The company is a familiar foe to Uber as the two currently battle for riders in Ola's native India. Ola is a formidable adversary, having raised nearly $4 billion in funding from several heavyweight investors. The company hopes to differentiate itself from Uber by marketing its more stringent safety provisions. Uber received nearly 28,000 safety-related complaints about drivers in London alone between December 2018 and May 2019. The struggle seems likely to produce one winner, no matter which ride-hailing company emerges victorious, Softbank, the Japanese investment firm which is invested in both Uber and Ola. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Lloyd Garrison, who was born on December 10th in 1805. Little boldness is needed to assail the opinions and practices of notoriously wicked men, But to rebuke great and good men for their conduct and to impeach their discernment is the highest effort of moral courage. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.